Hello and welcome to What Happens Next, the show where Alex knows what happens next, and I do too. But can we really know? Because I don't know where this conversation is going to go. Something, something, something. Dicks. But like most things, I'm probably going to be better at this than you. Grab the beers, head to your nans and have a great time. <laughs> Steaks are just tails. They actually fell off bigger animals. <laughs> okay, how many times are you hit on me? Oh, look, frequently. Sally's very impressed. Is she awesome? If not, we can hypnotise her. <laughs> He's a monkey playing with a soundboard at the moment. So. Oh, I don't know how to read. Yeah. Why do you think we're doing a podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to another fantastic episode of What Happens Next, where we talk about the most fucked up topics in society and make sure we cover every single which what aspect. This week, Jacob, you and I are covering one of the most talked about topics in society today. We're going to talk about capital punishment. Doesn't that just get you excited? Yep, I am. I feel like I've got electricity coursing through me at the moment. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I'm hanging on to every word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what a start. <laughs> like, and that was like, you'd think with the, the quality of those jokes, I'm talking about on the low end quality side, you'd think they were planned. Well, that was no. that was off the cuff. No, go us. Go we us. Should <laughs> <laughs> we just call it quits? It's not going to yeah, be yeah, no, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. We're, jump. we're done for the week. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week yeah. with um, some jokes about something that's not really that funny. Yeah, we're just going to pull the plug on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We currently live in a world right now where 80% of the people that are executed by states in the world come from five countries, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, China, and the United States of America. Now, I don't know, if you were to pull a rabbit out of a hat and guess which one of them is the odd one out, which one would you be thinking, Jake? America, probably. It, it could quite possibly be America. Yeah, they have the craziest leader. <laughs> um, there are literally two countries in the developed world who still have capital punishment as a form of punishment. They are America and Japan. Um, and America is by far the by, by far considerably more than Japan. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even know Japan had capital punishment. They but... do. They still do, actually. We are going to talk about capital punishment. We are going to talk about whether or not there should be capital punishment, the reasons why. And at the end, I think we're going we're gonna to delve into an individual case and talk about why this one case represents all of the conflicting ideas about capital punishment all in one circumstance. But I'll let you get your thoughts out of the way off the top, Jake. Tell me, how do we do capital punishment? Because I think everyone can agree right now, America's not doing it right. Well, thanks for asking me that question. Um, an excellent signposting, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I did, I did uh, your talk debating. I just want you all to know that. Um, I come at this issue as a pretty, pretty strong against. I don't like capital punishment. Obviously, for how it's run in America, because also that's the one we mainly know about. I don't know how it's run in the other countries. I'm going to hazard a guess at not great. Um, um, well, the way China's been acting with the um, Canadians that they've... Uh, arrested mm -hmm. in the last few weeks, just time stamping this for everyone, I'm, I'm really scared about <laughs> what China arbitrarily decides for uh, is an executionable offence. Hmm. Probably not much. To be no. <laughs> um, he looked at me wrong. 
They've got, they have, they have, they've got like camps for Muslims in China at the moment. Yep. Like, it's pretty scary. Oh, we won't even talk about the Uyghurs. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's bad. Um, Let's just stay with the one that we think should be better than this. And that's America, in your opinion. Yeah. So, obviously, it should be, there's plenty of problems in how it's run. But I, I think even if it was run as well as it possibly could be, I'm still against the idea of capital punishment because I don't think we get to decide to kill someone. That's a that's a law for a reason. You're not you're not allowed to just go and kill people, regardless of how well thought out and how much that you think they deserve it. It could be a shocking person that's done horrible things. You're not allowed to just go and kill them. And obviously, capital punishment has a lot more checks and balances involved than that. I'm not I'm not going to say that murder and capital punishment are the same thing. Yeah, it's not. Just just a few, one or two differences along the way. But I, I still don't think we, as a, as individuals or as a committee or as a jury or as a judge, get should be able to decide that someone dies. So there was a counter-argument I heard to this recently, and I'll be curious to know how you react to it. Um, basically, the idea was, is that... Um, your argument is, is that argument is centered around the idea that um, we don't let individuals in society murder people. So why should we as a society collectively murder someone, even if we do deem that it's worth it? Um, by the same logic, like the rest of the incarceration system follows the same logic. Um, we don't allow an individual to imprison and chain someone up with the specifically scheduled meal times and only allocated times when they're allowed outside and lock them in solitary confinement for various amounts of length at a time. That's not legal for a person to do for another pe- person, but we do that to other people. Why do we get to draw the line there between what's a moral thing to do in terms of you're not allowed to do this, but we are? Excellent point. Um, I would argue that, first of all, imprisonment is less absolute than death. If a mistake is made in that process, you can let someone go. You can't raise them from the dead. Um, Although yeah. we should be working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Patent pending. I can do that now. Um, I also think that we need, we, do, we do need ways to, I don't know, serve justice or protect, take dangerous people out of society. Um, again, there's no per- perfect way to do it. I don't think the, uh, you know, prison is necessarily a great thing. It's definitely not run properly and there's all sorts of problems with that. But I guess we need, we need, we need a way to do it. It's, it's as good a way as we have at the moment. Not saying that, you know, if we come up with something way better, that we shouldn't go to that. I think kill, like killing someone, it's, it's, it is different. It's not because the, of the it, absolute nature. Yeah, it's not the same as locking someone up. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting one. Let's keep on the prisons aspect because that's really interesting part of it. Um, let's talk about because oh, I want to know your opinion on what's better, prison or death, because there have been many cases, um, especially in America recently, where there have been situations where people had been sentenced to death and then it is it has been commuted to. Life without parole. Mm-hmm. Let's say tomorrow you are you are convicted of a crime that you know irrelevant to whether or not you did. What would be worse for you? Would you rather die then and there, or not even then and there, but know that you're going to be dying in the next? Let's assume it is an efficient system, by the way. Yeah. Let's say dying in the next few weeks, few months, whatever. Or would you rather spend the rest of your life in prison without parole? 
So are we going irrespective of whether I can try and appeal and get myself? So I mean, you can you well. can try and appeal it all you like, but you've been given life without parole. Okay. Um, because some of these people are innocent, as we'll get to later, but yeah. many, m- most of them did do these crimes. Well, I think my decision on that is actually dependent on whether or not I did do it. Because if I didn't, I would want as long as I could to appeal the the charge and see if I can get myself released from prison. If I did do it, I'd rather be executed. Okay, so let's say that you didn't do the crime, but you were very confident of the fact that through the way circumstances had arisen, there was going to be no way to prove that you didn't do it. Um, I would rather be executed than spend my the rest of my life in prison. Um, it's a long time to be in prison. So yeah, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather die. So do you think that because of that, capital punishment fails to do, do its job as a deterrent? Because that is one of the fundamental oh, aspects that we'll to get die. to. I think it's it's definitely still a deterrent. It's 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 choosing between two of possibly the worst options you can choose from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is is that many people will argue this is that capital punishment acts as an even stronger deterrent than prison. That because prison life can be, depending on where you are and how things go, not that bad. Not saying it's great, but you know it's. In some places, in some circumstances, it can be not awful. They think that capital punishment and being executed is that deterrent that would stop people from committing these crimes. Well, if, if, you, were, if you were doing a crime that would get you um, capital punishment, you know, I don't think you're going to be in the, you know, nice coat. But again, you were not literally cozy. But like, you know, it's not like you're going to be in minimum security where you've got, you know, more freedoms and stuff. You're going to be in maximum security if you're... Even if if you're doing a crime that might get you um, executed, but also I think the people that are doing that sort of thing aren't going like thinking about the the consequences necessarily. Um, they are dangerous people. <laughs> they aren't, aren't making weighed up logical decisions. So I I doubt there'd be many cases where um, someone's like, oh, well I was gonna murder eight people, but there's the death penalty, so I'm not going to. Being like sent to prison isn't the reason I don't go on a killing spree on like on, tomorrow. So I I feel like the the whole deterrent thing in crimes of the magnitude that would get you executed I don't think is actually it's not really as de- much of a deterrent anymore. And this is actually backed up by science. Um, in I don't know this is a study you've seen, but in research has shown that um, in a poll amongst some of the like, top criminologists in the world, asking them about whether or not they believe executions lower homicide rates, 88% of the top criminologist academics believe that they would not. Mm. So I reckon we can draw a line through that one yeah. um, and quite safely say, uh, I, don't, I don't think it does that. So if, yeah. if that's what you're hoping to achieve, go a different way about it. It might act as a deterrent if you were going to rob a shop or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But people who are killing people aren't, like, you're not... They're past that point. Yeah, exactly. Let's rubber shop is interesting because let's talk about money because this for me is the most fascinating aspect of all of it because depending on who you ask, they will tell you different things, right? You would think that in theory, it would cost the state less money to execute someone than it would to house them for the rest of their life. Yeah. Why is it that that doesn't happen? Appeals, you would think. Like going to court is expensive for both sides. How much more expensive? I don't know. I don't know the numbers. But uh, that'd be my guess. Are we talking about housing for the rest of our life? Like, 
everyone that's imprisoned, or are we talking about maximum security as well? Because I would imagine that minimum security is a heck of a lot cheaper than maximum security. So that might bring that average down. But I, w- I would accept the major reasons, appeals. Um, yeah, so appeals appeals is one of the big ones. In comparison to, for somebody who would have been executed, if they had elected to keep that person in maximum security prison, because actually death row is actually like one of the highest levels of maximum security. Yeah. Um, that they can they can have you on, and it's incredibly expensive. It would cost them ninety thousand dollars less a year per inmate wow. on death row to instead keep them in maximum security prison on life imprisonment without yeah. parole. Yeah. So there's a considerable financial factor, given the way that people are increasingly being sentenced to death. It's actually becoming quite a massive financial consumption for the U.S. government. Yeah. Um, if we look at the rates, I'm going to reel off some numbers to you, so uh, brace yourselves, everyone. Be- but this is, like, genuinely scary for me, right? Mm-hmm. There have been hundred, just under 1,500 executions since 1976. 1,500. Yeah. Just under 15 in America, right? That's an average of five years in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it's come down considerably. It used to be up until 1996, it was, like, really big numbers. Yeah. But it's only been five a year in the last 20 years, right? There are currently... 2,700 people on death row in America. Okay. And they're averaging killing five a year. Look, I'm not great at maths, but that's, that's, a, lot, that's a lot of years. Yeah, it might take a few years. There have been 40 people sentenced to death on average every year for the last five years. Just going to get bigger then. How, like, that makes any sense to me is bewildering. Yeah. You're going to have a shitload of people on death row. We are, they are considerable. So in fairness, the system is getting more and more efficient. Mm-hmm. It used to be even worse than this, but it's still so far off. You've got 2,700 people who have been ranging on sitting on death row from, like some of them have been on upwards of 40 or 50 years. Like, and it's, others have been on death row for probably a few hours. Mm-hmm. That system does not work. So I think we could pretty like conclusively both say that if we are choosing between scrapping the system altogether and keeping the system, we would choose scrapping the system altogether. Yes. The more interesting wiggle room is going to be with the middle ground of what would a new system look like if we reformed what it currently was. Um, because one of the biggest problems, fundamental problems, are going to be human error. Yeah. There are so many times where people just make mistakes. It's the reality of life and people will be falsely convicted of crimes. Yeah. How many people are you comfortable with having died as a result of human error if if we decide to go with capital punishment? What is an acceptable number? None. <laughs> I, 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 that, that seems like the obvious answer, but I'm genuinely like... It's a genuine question we'd have to ask ourselves, right? If we are going to believe in capital punishment, what percentage is too far? Because the current perception is, and this is supported by statistics, 4% of death row inmates are innocent. 4% are innocent and they have been sentenced to death. What percentage does that have to be of those 2,700? If we're going 4%, do quick maths, that's what, just over 100? Yeah, just 108. 108. 
There have been 164 exonerations of people on death row since 1973. Yep. And if the perception is that 4% are innocent, therefore there are 100 of the 2,700 on death row who are innocent, how, how low do we have to get that number down for us to think, okay, at least this system is working? Um, okay, well, removing my opinion that it should be zero because I don't believe in capital punishment. Yes, sorry. Um, I don't know. I'm literally, it, it's literally plucking a number out of nowhere. Because you can, the the problem is, is they're not numbers, they're people. <laughs> like, so you can go, oh, you know, 1% or whatever. Okay. What, if, what, if you, what if you get falsely accused of a crime and put on death row tomorrow? How do you, how are you feeling then? Regardless, of if if you're if you're one of fifty percent of that one percent, does I, that matter to you? <laughs> like, I I genuinely think, having done all my research, if I could honestly point to the fact that this was just unlucky, it would be much easier for me to come to terms with than if this was a systemic issue happening. Maybe that's just me. Okay, I I understand that logic. I don't think you're gonna be pleased though. Of course, of course, I'm not gonna be wrapped, but like. If I am the only one in the year, like, if, let's let's say, you know, Australia brings it up back and everything, if I'm the only one falsely convicted of murder that's executed over, for the next 50 years, it's pretty good, isn't it? I, I, it's, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I don't want to be that one, and I would feel sorry for anybody that isn't that one. It doesn't mean I'm not going to take pity on them, but we've got to have a number that we're aspiring towards, at yeah. least, as a minimum, right? Yeah. And we can always say, yeah, yeah, so we'd like it to be at zero, but we have to accept a certain reality that humans are fallible yeah. and they're not perfect and that the system isn't perfect. Do we reckon it has to be at least less than 1%? Yeah, sure. What would be an acceptable percentage for you? Uh, it, would, it would have to be at least one in a thousand, minimum. So 0.01. If, if, we are, if we are hitting a rate higher than that, then we are executing too many people that are innocent. Um, we'll get to my feelings later on and why I'm a bit more conflicted about this than potentially you are. Yeah. But if we're like, for me, the fact that if the American government takes those 2,700 people and let's say they do eventually execute all 2,700 of them, which they probably won't. Yeah. 108 of them. The fact that 108 of them have been executed by the government for something they did not do is outrageous to me. That is such an incomprehensible, like, fundamental breakdown of all of the values that we hold dear to us. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, if, if you want to, I, I would be of the opinion that even if the, if I came to the conclusion that I decided that we needed capital punishment, that it was the right thing to do, yeah. I would still be of the opinion right now that the system as it is has to go until we can build a new one. Okay. Because I, I the, the way it's working now is... Fucked. Yeah. It's it's just so wrong that it can't keep going. I would be more than happy for them to give everyone that's been sentenced to death right now in America, just say, we're going to put you on life without a chance of parole. Um, and then once we decide on this new system and how it will work and we get it up and running, then we can do on a case-by-case basis, go back and decide whether or not we think this person is suitable for the death sentence. Yeah. I don't think that the system as, as it is now can continue. Um, and I, I feel like that's not a particularly controversial thing. But No. In what circumstance do you think we need capital punishment instead of life in prison? Why, why is that ever a necessity? I don't think it's a necessity. 
so I'm going to tell you the story of a man called Dr. William Pettit. Mm-hmm. Dr. William Pettit, I think I'm saying it right. I don't know. He lives in Connecticut. And in July of 2007, two men invaded his home, beat him with a baseball bat, tied him and his family up in separate rooms. He had a wife and two children. Yep. They then raped his wife, sexually assaulted one of his daughters, raped the other one, tied them to their beds, set the house alight. Yep. The wife was dead as well. Dr. William Pettit managed to escape to the neighbours nearby um, and call for help. They ended up finding the two men and convicted uh, and caught them, and they were convicted of the acts, three counts of murder, plus everything else. If you talk to William here, and he says to you, these people have taken everything from me. Yeah. I'm going to take the last thing from them I can, their life. Do you feel comfortable saying no? Yep. I understand why he would want that. If I was put in the same situation, I'd probably want to kill them too. In fact, I'd definitely want to kill them too. Not, it's not even a question. I absolutely want them to die. And it's about as horrible a situation as you can, for an individual to experience is, you can probably think of really. Oh, I had, I had a lot of options. I did cherry pick one. <laughs> uh, that, that wouldn't change my opinion that we shouldn't kill them. Regardless of whether they deserve to die, almost like if 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 they're different things, um, like obviously I've got no issues of them being locked in maximum security for the rest of their lives, no parole, no nothing. But I'm still not comfortable with the idea of deciding life and death. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we get to do that. I. Th- I. Th- I think that's like situations like this where. People, people may not feel like justice is done. Maybe, like, if, if the only way to get justice for that was to kill them. I don't want those men dead, right? Like, I'm not a believer in... We should take those lives. But I'm pretty... I think we can pretty categorically say that those people don't deserve anything anymore. I agree with that. They forfeited their rights to just about anything. Mm-hmm. The last thing left, probably, that you could say they forfeited their right to, potentially, is we could debate over whether they have the right to their life. Yeah. To me, I think that's quibbling over details. If that man does not want to see those people die, they don't have to die. I'd be more than happy to lock them in jail for the rest of their lives. If them, if him watching them die is the reason he gets to move on, I'm okay with that. So this is about... Catharsism. Right. So um, I think it's important just quickly, I'll explain how the procedure works. Okay. In a capital punishment situation in the in the US, the prosecution will... Recommend? Recommend. So the, the prosecution will want capital punishment um, and they will have two different trials. The first trial is basically whether or not they're guilty, whether or not they did it. Yeah. Then once that trial is completed and only once they have been found guilty... They have a second trial, um, basically, to say, right, can we kill him? You can have a whole courtroom. And this is how it happens already, where the victim's family speaks, if the victim's still alive, whatever, they speak. The perpetrator can speak if they want to. Like, you have an opportunity, a courtroom, under cross-examination and everything, where everybody gets the chance 
to say whether or not this person deserves to die. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a more complicated set of criteria that the jury has to keep in mind, but that's the gist of it. And it has to be a unanimous decision from the jury. Yes, it has to be a it. unanimous decision. Um, and there are, there are several other factors like, is this person a threat to society, like even from prison and things like that, that will yeah. go into it as well. There's a core proceedings that go into that. So that factor that we were just discussing about the family saying, this guy in this case, who is the last surviving member of this family saying, I want to watch him, uh, there was two of them, I want to watch them die, so I get to sleep at, light, sleep at night knowing that they don't exist anymore. That would be something that would be set in that. And that doesn't mean that it's ultimately the deciding vote or anything, but it's just presented as potential evidence. Yeah, as a, as a reason for it. Yeah. I, I just don't like the idea of deciding that someone dies like that, that we, we get to kill someone regardless of whether it's going to be cathartic for someone. Now, obviously, I, like, I, like, I can sympathise with that situation. But that's, that, that's, that's part of the reason why I think it's actually fair. Because you and I both agree that this, these people that did these crimes deserve fuck all. Yeah. Right? So once, once we've decided that, it seems pretty logical to me that... We've got this person in this situation who's had everything taken away from them in the most horrible way possible. Yeah. If you can offer them, and because we cannot understand what it must be like to try and pick up the rest of your life from there. So I know that if I was in that position, for you'd be damn sure I'd be taking the easy way out. Mm. For that person to try and pick themselves up from that position, I want to give that person every chance they can. And every chance they want, more importantly. I don't think it's a necessity. I don't think it's a, well, that person killed someone, so we have to kill this person, to, so hopefully they will they will feel better. But if that person stands up in a courtroom and is, you know, I've had time to think about this. Um, I've thought about what those two men did. I watched them do it. I watched this whole exchange happen. I could see the intent I know that this. I know that this is not a one-off circumstance where you know they were whatever the reasons that you you might suggest why they shouldn't deserve this. These are evil people, and I cannot keep living knowing that they exist, even if they're in prison. That maybe one day they will be released, or maybe one day they will escape, or whatever. And myself or other people might have to experience the same thing I do. And if he says that. I don't have anything to say back. That's the crux of my whole reason why. It's, it's not even a, I, I believe in what you're doing. Like, I think what you're doing is right or anything. It's a, I don't think I get to tell you what you're doing is wrong. Yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the thing, isn't it? Because I think you're right, I don't have anything. I, I, can't, I can't tell the, the person in that situation that they are wrong for wanting that because I probably want the same. But I know it just doesn't sit right with me. Like, I don't think we get to decide. And, like, I'm not trying to discredit that line of thinking. I think it's perfectly valid. But I don't think we get to... I don't think we get to choose who who lives and who dies. But that is a completely legitimate reason. Like, But also, just because there's a legitimate reason to do something doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah. Um, So I guess with that, well done, you got your foot in the door. Yes.
For now. For now. Um, Tune in later to find out whether or not it gets kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, thank you for listening to this. I hope it was at least thought-provoking, because it wasn't funny. For most <laughs> of it. it's, it's pretty hard to be funny when we're talking about death and torture and horribleness. Whilst I'm very confident of the fact that, like, we are not very good at this. <laughs> um, if you not saying, really. So, so it's perfectly understandable that people would not want to listen to this, right? <laughs> Yeah, we still put it out. <laughs> if you listened to this and did not find it pro- thought-provoking, the problem's not with us. Yeah, I feel like the problem's with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm confident in that yeah. part, at least. Yeah, it might be one thought per 45 minutes, which is not enough, but, yeah, there's, there's some interesting stuff in there. You, you should be at least hearing this and going, what do I think about this? What do I think about this? Yeah, exactly. and you, maybe, maybe you're just going, these two are idiots. There's the answer. It's obvious as yeah. hell. So it's objectively thought-provoking. It might not this... be the thoughts that we're trying to provoke, but it will provoke some thoughts. That's what I'm saying. Is at the bare minimum, we can Lloyd. promise you a podcast that is provoking of thoughts. Yeah. And that's... And all. That that's, that's really it. Yeah, that's it. That's all we can do. Yeah. Um, so with that, you can find us on... <laughs> If if you want if you want your if you want more to, thoughts yeah, if you want thoughts to be revoked from your brain yeah. then you can find us. You on... could get literally anything else to do it in the universe, but if you want us to be the ones to do it, you re- you really you really like <laughs> just trying to push me away from, from starting us off. <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher. Just wherever you wherever you listen to this, you can continue to find us here. If you're only listening, like yeah, you're there. Tell your friends. Tell that's, them where they might be able to find it. That's, yeah. that's a better one. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you think your friends would enjoy their thoughts being provoked, uh, put them onto the podcast. We also have series one, which is a little less um, dire. Intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, intense. It's less intense. That's probably the best way to put it. You can listen to that as well. Um, so listen to the back back uh, catalogue if you're only getting onto us now. We try and solve less of the world's problems. And come up with our own problems that don't exist to solve. Yeah. In 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 series one. Yeah. But anyway, we have to. We we need to. We go. need to go. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. I'm Jacob Thompson. My name's Alex Henry. Goodbye.